Welcome to another PI World podcast. This is an audio-only version offered as another way to enjoy our great content. A full video version can be seen on piworld.co.uk, where you can find many more videos of interest to investors. Welcome to the Pebble Group's Half Year 22 results. We'll give you headlines of the group numbers, then we'll dive into our individual businesses and we're happy to take any questions at the end. Uh, my name's Chris. I'm uh, the chief exec. I've um, been part of uh, the business and the group and what it's evolved into for the last 22 years and uh, you know, hugely supported by Claire, who's our CFO. And, um, and we've been together running the business for about um, 15 years or so. I'm um, going to talk a little bit about the industry to start with and the industry we operate in. And, um, and then from there, go through our numbers and the individual uh, businesses themselves. So the promotion products industry is uh, much larger than a lot of people might think. It's around about 50 billion industry overall. The reason why it's so large is all businesses, all sizes, sectors and geographies um, really you know, are proud of who they are and really enjoy using product uh, to make an emotional engagement with MBA stakeholders. It might be their employees, their customers, for general marketing purposes. But again, any size, any, any type of business really enjoy putting their brand out there to engage and make an emotional connection uh, with their stakeholders. And, and that 50 billion, we estimate around half of that industry is in North America. The way the industry is built up is that we have the brands who kind of create that demand. And then behind that, and just like talk you through a little bit of the supply chain, and we have our suppliers. So suppliers are often product focused. So it might be um, drinkware, uh, writing instruments, clothing, um, but the actual brand wants all of those items. And um, with the suppliers being specialists, it creates a need um, for this group in the middle, the distributors. And, um, and that's really how our industry has operated for many, many years. We think a little bit that's changing though, sort of more technology, the more that comes into play, technology is helping the smooth and efficient flow of orders between suppliers, distributors, and the end user. And we feel that's really changing and quite quickly at the moment. And then secondary to that, what else is coming into our change is actually um, talking about sustainability in ESG. And um, there's been a couple of, um, I think, false starts regarding sustainability in our industry where uh, it's become important and something else has happened, it's gone backwards again. Uh, but I think that's really changed over the last two years. I think um, sustainability in ESG is really here to stay and the customers and our brands are really demanding um, a sort of uh, an understanding of where the product comes from, whose hands it's made in, et cetera. And, and so that sort of move of technology and that move around sustainability is really what's changed over the last year or so. And where do our businesses fit in? Well, Brand Edition is a large distributor. Brand Edition focuses on supplying product to some of the best known brands in the world and that's under contract and internationally. So quite complex services that Brand Edition is doing for its customers and supporting them in their marketing needs. And then we have Facilis Group. Facilis is a technology business and actually pushes technology across all three of those points of the supply chain. And in bringing into distributors, order workflow that supports distributors and the smooth and efficient running of their businesses between the suppliers and their customers. And those two points at which Brand Edition operates in the promotional products industry. Quite different businesses, but very common in terms of the industry they're working in. And the working capital there is flowing between suppliers and distributors and distributors and end users. So Brand Edition has working capital and Facilis really doesn't. And Claire will go into a little bit of that detail later. So that's the industry operating. Looking at some of the headlines of, um, of the Pebble Group in the, in the first half, it's gone very well. 
business has been very good across both brand edition and facilities group. And that's groups in group revenues, uh, nearly 30% up and adjusted EBITDA 50% up. And so that very good performance, we don't see any drop off of activity at the moment. We continue to do quite well. And where's that come from? So really excited that Facilis Group, its uninterrupted growth has continued. We really have a clear strategy to sale that organization, and we'll go into that in a little more detail. And then at Brand Edition, uh, new client wins that we talked about in 2020 and 2021 are really beginning to come through and making a difference to this house revenue. And we get a lot of questions around supply chain at Brand Edition. We've got some wonderful people across the globe managing that for us. And right now, that kind of feels very well managed and under control. So a slight introduction from me. I'm going to hand over to Claire. She's going to talk you through the numbers. Thank you. So we're sharing here all the, the KPIs for the group. And, you know, the message I'm wanting to, to give to you is that these are all moving in the right direction. So we've got that nice growth in revenue that Chris referred to that's translating through to EBITDA, which is a combination of the volume increases in revenue and also some margin improvements, which we'll come on to in a little bit. Then that's flown through the P&L and into our cash flow where we're 4 million ahead of where we were this time last year. On here, just giving you a visual of the financial dynamics of the group. And so when we get into the detail of the businesses, you'll see brand edition is that products business and that dominates the revenue of the group. But then we've got the SaaS revenues from Facilis Group, which generates some very special EBITDA returns. And that means at an EBITDA level, the group is pretty much 50-50 split between the businesses. P&L is here for the record and I'm very happy to take any more detailed questions at the end. But we, so we've got revenue growth of 30%. That's Facilis Group that's, you know, is continuing to grow our partner numbers and also continuing to increase the share of spend that we get through our preferred suppliers. At Brand Edition, we've seen you know, continued growth in our new business. And also we're benefiting from the stabilisation in working patterns that we're seeing on some of our like-for-like customers. Um, the gross profit numbers move forward. And again, that's coming from Brand Edition. We pointed to that at the start of the year. That really well-managed supply chain um, is coming through in our numbers and we're getting back to the, uh, the, the 30% levels that we would always indicated. We've been through a period of investment in our strategic ambitions, particularly to scale Facilis Group. And you can see that coming through in the DNA charge in the PL. That's all translating through to an operating profit that's moving ahead of last year. Cash flow, really nice and straightforward and where the numbers reflect the words that we use to describe our business. So we're growing EBITDA, we get that movement in working capital and that's all associated with brand addition. But with that increase, it's proportionate to the growth in volumes in that business. And then we've got the additional capital expenditure, with which is us investing in our ambitions to scale for sales group. Balance sheet, again, I'm quite boring here, but really kind of straightforward and simple. It's blue chip backed assets, again, all linked to Brand Edition and the customers at Brand Edition. And the increases that you can see there are proportionate to the increase in revenue that we've experienced in that business. So we'll get into a little bit more detail on Facilis Group. So I'll quickly go through the results and then Chris will get it, go, go through the business model, how we're progressing with Commercio and then, and then you know, how we see things moving forward. So at, at Facilis, We've achieved 30% ARR growth in GVP, and that's 21% in US dollars. And that's, as I said, a combination of great retention on our existing partners, 
incremental new wins and as also benefiting from the increased contribution from our preferred suppliers. We've managed to maintain those fabulous EBITDA returns. That's whilst we are investing to grow and that number's coming out where we indicated that it would do and where we expect it to be. And again, as I've just said, you can see the additional depreciation and amortisation charge coming through as a result of us investing in our future for facilities. Thanks, Claire. And so there's some special numbers in there. Facilis is a, a really great business that we're really focused on growing. And first, I'm going to go through some of the numbers behind those sort of historic financials, but then talk about the plan that we have in place to grow the business going forward. So again, for the record, our revenues in sterling and in US dollars, but and we split that between H1 and H2. And, and what you should think about is always H2 slightly bigger than H1 due to the kind of volumes through our industry and tend to be a little bit sort of slightly back-end weighted as well. So you're looking at those on the right-hand side, Facilis Group is a US dollar-denominated business. We'd expect our revenues to be higher than that 9.5 million in the second half than they were in the first. But again, behind those numbers, what makes those numbers work are these three things, really. So our partner numbers, the gross merchandise value that goes through our system from those partners, and then the spend that those partners make with our preferred supplier purchases. So if each three of these, uh, the graphs are moving in the right direction, we know our business is progressing and scaling. And, And so again, another good year, we talked about uninterrupted growth in Facilis. And all through 2020, you can see we've grown partner numbers, GMV, and spend with preferred. And again, looking on the right, split it out between H1 and H2, you know, expect H2 um, to be uh, to be larger than H1 on some of those dynamics that are flowing through, but all giving us, um, you know, an indication uh, that the business is in good shape. So then I'm going to talk a little bit now about sort of the industry and how Facilis fits in. So hopefully you recognize these slides um, from what we spoke about a few minutes ago and, uh, and where Facilis fits in, we'll go through. But but I think it's important to kind of try and understand the scale of the organization and what's happening. So we're providing um, technology and services um, through to distributors, which are then are using those technology and service to interact with suppliers and, and end users. And, and the volume that's actually happening there. So trying to piece it all together, you can see we talked about the 218 partners that we have, and they're to sit as those distributors. But the volumes that have been created here, you know, we kind of trying to put them all on one slide, nearly a million orders those partners are creating with their customers. And that's creating on a rolling 12-month basis now around about $1.3 billion of GMV. And then taking the gross margin away, you can see around about a billion dollars of purchases go back to the suppliers. So that really gives you a sense that in the industry, and if the US industry is around 25 billion or the North American industry, you can see there there's a, an awful lot of volume and a decent market share that we're beginning to do. How sort of Facilis Group's revenue model and, and what it does, uh, we have a product called Syncor, which is really um, helping the order workflow of our partners and, and making orders smoothly run through the system um, all the way um, from discussion, quotation um, to invoice. And, uh, and that happens um, through Syncor. It allows our partners to professionalize, to grow their own organizations and, uh, and spend more time with their customers than internally on their system. So it's a really kind of supportive piece of technology that does that. We have income from two areas and um, through Syncor and picking the middle point, first point two, is that our partners pay us a subscription for that technology on a monthly basis. And then secondly, each time there's an interaction between our suppliers and the partner, there's a transaction there between them, then our partner benefits from that and so do we in terms of some income. So that is the business that all the historic numbers are based on to date. 
But really excitedly, we're trying to kind of grow the business. We're trying to do other things. And now we're going to be trying to work on the sort of right-hand side of this chart and helping our distributors work with their brands and end users. And so in June, we launched a product called Commercio, uh, which delivers e-commerce stores to partners or distributors to help them sell more to their customers. And our partners are already using some technology from lots of different suppliers to do this. And if they can do that through us, if we can integrate that with Syncor and really bring some great efficiencies to them, we see it's a great offering for our partners to help their businesses continue to grow and develop and a really good tool for us in terms of acquisition of new partners, retention of existing partners and growing the share of wallets as well. Um, but also on Commercio, it's been built that not only does it serve our own partners, but it can serve the wider industry too. And something like over 20,000 small businesses um, in our industry in North America and Commercio is the first product coming to market that we can place and, and, and point towards those businesses as well. So it's a really big and important step in us looking to scale our business um, from what we're really proud of what it is today and where it's come from, but really excited about where it might be able to go to. So just a little piece here on Commercio. We've got commercio.com website is out there. So please kind of take a look at that and see that opportunity. But what we really do, we built a sales team over the last sort of 12 months particularly and continue to grow that. So not only now selling in Syncor, but also selling Commercio and a slightly different sell, but building a team around that and extremely motivated. And the audience for Commercio I say, is much larger, something like over 20,000. And by using our industry knowledge, tens of trade shows through the trade magazines, we really believe we can sort of get to that audience. The Facilis Group name is very strong in the industry and bringing a, um, a product to that audience. You know, we're, uh, we're very hopeful. There's some green shoots um, coming through in terms of uh, early accounts and contract wins, but, um, but you know, very hopeful for where that product goes in the next 12 to 18 months. And we set ourselves some targets, looking to get to a 50 million recurring revenue number, and 50 million we certainly own and, uh, and, and, and are looking to get there. When we started on this journey as a PLC, we were around about 12 million of recurring revenues. We expect to be over 20 in 2022. And so you can see going from 12 to 20, you know, 50 is definitely our initial target of where we want to be going through there. And, and that's not just owned by me or by Claire. That's owned throughout the whole team at Facilis are really motivated and, and very you know, dedicated to hitting those kind of numbers. In terms of progress we've made at the moment against our milestones for 2022, we brought those into play. You can see there ramping up the income streams that we have by bringing commercial into market. And I'll come back to where that 263 comes from. Our partners and increasing number of partners are doing well and getting that GMV on a rolling 12-month basis to 1.3 million. And then on the back of there, the spend through our preferred suppliers is doing well as well. So we'll keep tracking against these numbers. And as I say, sort of to us, 50 million is a really important target that we do own. And to us, it will be really you know, when rather than the if is certainly what we're uh, kind of pushing on internally on that master. And, and so just give you a little flavor of, of how commercial is helping us grow and develop. So 206 Syncor partners at the end of the year, and really nicely, that's turned into 218 right now. We're ambitious to keep that number growing. Um, but where commercial comes in now, it gives us access to that 22,000. Got 14 in the first couple of months on top of another 31 of actually our existing Syncor partners. So you can see here now we've got 260 plus income streams that going from Syncor to Syncor plus Commercio allows us to do. And obviously in our aspiration of coming to market, 
we want to grow all of those numbers. So you can see how there the opportunities begin to roll up and come through. So really exciting opportunities for this business. Got a super team and a growing team who are dedicated, you know, and got that 50 million in their minds, that's for sure. Brand edition yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So we'll just we'll go through the numbers for brand edition and and then share a little bit of our thinking on the outlook for the rest of the year. Fabulous revenue growth at, at brand edition. So that's you know continues against what was a, a strong comparator last year. It went thirty percent up at June twenty two versus June twenty one, and that's a combination. I think as I've already said of you know, continued success with new business and also us seeing the impact of the stabilisation of working patterns across our customer base. The team have done a brilliant job at getting that gross profit number back up to 30%. So last year we were impacted by the additional cost of Brexit and the heavily escalating freight rate prices, but, but the margins over a historic period at Brand Edition have always been around 30, and that's where the business has got back to. So that volume and the increasing gross profit is moving through to EBITDA and again moving that percentage forward. Sharing here a split of our revenue by client and by geography. And I think that this is just telling us that there's a really nice spread across sectors and across geographies that gives Brand Edition some insulation against what might be coming, but also, you know, kind of gives us opportunities to grow as well. And here, hopefully those of you that have been with us on these presentations before, you'll recognise this slide, but this is us just giving a view of where we see 2022 turning out. So 115 is the number that's out there in the market for us at the minute. And I think, you know, as we stand today, we feel that we're in a sensible place against that and feel quite comfortable with it based on what we've invoiced to the end of June and what we know in terms of activity that's happened since then. And, and how will we get to that? Then, you know, we, we had amazing growth in our consumer promotions division between 20 and 21. So what we, you know, our expectation is that we'll hold on to that growth. And so, you know, that, that pale blue line will, will be a similar number um, when we get to the end of, of 22. You know, I've, I've said already, we've had great success with new business and we see that, that number moving forward versus what it was in 21. And then, and then again, you know, the, the gap will be plugged by those light-for-light -light businesses where we're seeing um, additional volumes as, as our worlds kind of stabilise and, and the new norm has, has appeared. Thank you. Um, and then, so we're going to, so that's a bit of detail on, on the two businesses. We're going to kind of finish on some ESG and then some, some highlights and very happy to take questions after that. But, you know, ESG is really important to us. It's, it's not hard. It's kind of something, in, in, we, it's not hard for us to do. We want to embrace it. We want to do it really well. We have some super people who are dedicated to it, um, who are based with the Pebble Group, but then they're liaising with our businesses on a day-to-day -day basis to make sure um, what we talk about is lived and breathed and in the businesses, and it's just a part of the business as, as anything else. So we published our first report last year. We're really pleased that I think in October, our second report comes out for 2022 and uh, working hard on that. But here's showing the four cornerstones that we've pulled together after talking to our people, our customers, our suppliers, our investors, saying what's most important to them when they think of us. And, and, and from that feedback and from sort of all the best practices out there, really try to make something our own and own it and, um, and, and put it in our tone of voice. And, and that's translated as, as some four principles into kind of what goes on on a day-to-day -day basis in the business. 
And our businesses are different. So we have to have a different view of things and a different focus in different areas. But I'll, I'll leave that there for the record and just say kind of it's just a good thing. You know, kind of why don't businesses want to you know work hard at you know, doing the right thing for the environment, for their customers, for their people, for their investors. And, and I think that's what we see ESG at and something we really want to, to do and embrace on a day-to-day basis. So finishing, you know, with our outlook and our messages, you know, it's a strange world out there. We're out there seeing invests on a day-to-day basis and, uh, and you're getting a lot of questions about the sort of defensive nature of the business and are we seeing any softening of orders right now? And, and the answer to that is, you know, we feel really well-placed. Um, I think behind us, uh, we've got a, a good set of results and a really set of results we're really proud of. And I think ahead of us, we've got clear strategies um, uh, where we sit today, we feel very well placed against the uh, the expectations that are out there in the market, and and I think you know the results that we just talked about for the last twenty minutes or so, um, you know, don't happen by accident. You know, they happen because uh, there's a really dedicated group of people working really hard to a good plan, and and kind of when you pull those two things together, um, you know, I think uh, that makes for a good business and a business I think that is. You know, um, Claire and I have been working together for 15 years. There's a lot of people have we've seen all types of economic cycle, um, all types of currency changes, all types of change in the market. But we feel we kind of uh, uh, our business and our people are good enough to adapt to all of those situations. And, and as I say, um, good set of half year results behind us. And I think, uh, you know, we feel well placed for the rest of the year as well. Um, but it's always a great opportunity um, at this point for me to say thanks to that teams who are behind it from Asia, Europe and North America across um, the Pebble Group, uh, Brand Edition and Facilis. And just say thank you to those guys for all the hard work. Uh, we really appreciate it. It's definitely, you know, comes through in the results and the feedback we've had from our investors um, so far. So, you know, that's us really giving you the headlines in the business and where we are. And that really pleased to, to take questions right now. How much more incremental cost is required for Facilis over the next couple of years? And what would be a sensible margin expectation for Facilis when it gets to 50 million US dollars revenue? I'll, I'll take the first one. I'll let Chris take the second bit of that. Um, so I, I think, you know, what, what we've said is um, to focus on a 50% EBITDA return for you know, 22 and 23 feels like a sensible number. Um, and I don't, I'll, I'll let Chris give the, the where he thinks the uh, where, where he thinks we can get to. But I think, you know, our view is once you start to get towards 50 million ARR, it's it's clearly really difficult to keep that number down at 50 percent. And you would we would definitely, you know, that definitely will be moving north. Um, we just, you know, let's see where it is when we get there. Yeah, and in terms of capex that's going in over the next couple of years. I yeah, yeah, and so I've given some guidance in the back on on capex because obviously that that will come through the PL through the DNA, um, and so I think you know there's around the, the I've split that between um, tangible and intangible, and that intangible investment is largely all facilities, um, and I would say that we should expect that to repeat next year at a similar level, and then we'll expect that to um, you know to tailor off and become a more maintenance level of capex. And how many new contracts were won for brand edition in the first half of the year? And so it's not a number we'll actually disclose out there, but think of brand edition, let me go, as typically would win sort of, um, you know, between five and 10 contracts per year. And you might say then there's probably three or four of those become uh, quite meaningful. And, um, and I would say the success, the new business team done an amazing job over, over the last two or three years. And I can't think that have that trend in your mind 
think Claire showed the slide that sort of had the, the, the pieces of new business. I think um, new business over the last couple of years has rolled into 10 million and kind of think of uh, that pattern as repeating itself, I think would be the right thing to do. And how much visibility do you tend to have over orders at Brand Edition? Um, so we have, you know, kind of visibility on that consumer promotions piece, which is, uh, again, if you go back to Brand Edition's um, a column chart, uh, the 46 million that's um, attached to the consumer promotions business, uh, we have great visibility of that. So that's kind of, you know, between three and six months um, um, in, in terms of what's coming through there. In the corporate program business, uh, slightly different. Um, we do have some projects that give us uh, two or three months visibility. Um, but I suppose what's really kind of nice about the mix of business that we have, we have some kind of uh, large pieces that um, we have great visibility in the future, but we can kind of really sort of generate orders uh, on a sort of day and weekly basis as well. And, and as Claire alluded to, um, where we've got to at the half year, um, from what the um, uh, the outlook is, um, and the analyst is a, a 115 million revenue, and what we have kind of billed and ordered in between that, it feels like, uh, you know, a very achievable number um, uh, for us to get to by the end of the year. And new client wins from 2021 have driven a lot of growth you're experiencing now. Looking forward to 23, how is the new client pipeline looking? Yeah, and, and I think, um, you know, so growth, we put the new, and that new, but isn't just, you know, it is growth from 2020 and 2021 and, and anything that comes in 2022 as well. So we sort of set the the, the, the points for everything from 2019 is included in that number. Um, and, and so the we've had great success and the business has done extremely well. And as I said, we always point people to on, on brand edition to think of high single digit year on year growth. Um, that can come from, doing you know better with our existing customers either geographically or through their other brands as well as well as from new business as well but so i kind of always point people when they're thinking of brand edition think high single digit revenue growth year on year and and the great thing about that business with consumer promotions working with some of the best brands in the world and the corporate program business as well we're doing that over multiple geographies so some amazing brands and and in a couple of different sort of routes to market so that allows that sing, high single-digit growth to come from a number of areas. Um, but um, So we'd always point people high single digits um, year on year. So you see growth across all regions? Uh, yeah, I think um, you know, and many of the contracts brand edition winning are, that's why that business is winning them, because it's multi-region. Great people and offices of substance in Europe, Asia, and North America. And, and that means a new business um, uh, pipeline or a new business target based in North America, actually we'll get that over the line um, because we're able to service that in Europe and Asia. And that kind of counts, you know, across all, all the different regions. So a lot of the new business we're in now, the reason is the investment, the infrastructure that's been put in there and good people translating that across geographies. That's, that's why the business is winning um, and growing. And in brand edition, it sounds like you're not seeing any slowdown from the weaker consumer backdrop. But is there also a risk that retailers decide to stock fewer products? And if so, would that have a direct impact on the business? Brand edition and retail um, is about that consumer promotions piece again. That sort of um, that part of the column that's 46 million. And, um, and, and there, what we supply to our customers is gift with purchase, really. That's, that's the main thing. So we are helping our customers sell their product. So um, if you went to um, a, uh, a in-store and saw a pack of product 
and it has to have a gift with it to help push the, the core product itself. And that gift we've purchased is what we're supplying. So we're a really key part of our customers making sales to their audience. And so actually, we've never found through recession, they haven't pulled back on that. You know, we're actually a key part of making sure they can keep their sales in front of the consumer. And if the consumer's making a choice, that gift with purchase helps them make that choice towards their product. So as of now, and, and these are on long lead times as well. And um, so as of now, uh, we're not seeing any softening in, um, in that part of demand of, of our business. And I'd guess Commercio is going up against Shopify. Is that correct? And what's your edge against them and Commercio's other competitors, given their much greater scale? So we're, there are hundreds of providers of e-commerce platforms. Um, I think uh, what became clear to us is that our partners um, were using something like 25 different options. And um, and that sort of says to me that nothing's really working, you know, uh, you know, nothing had a, a good market share at all. And our partners were coming to us and say, well, can you produce something that's bespoke to this industry and integrates into Syncor? And so rather than us push something into the market um, just as a sort of me too product, um, we believe we're bringing something to the market in an industry we really know well, bespoke for this industry that integrates into Syncor. And so it's kind of, it's been pulled from our partners rather than us pushing it to them. And, uh, and obviously kind of in knowing the industry, and we do believe there's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's huge. It's 25 million in North America, 20,000 businesses. And if we can capture some of that market share, you know, I think it can be a, you know, really exciting, um, you know, second products that we bring to market. And Facilis overhead has risen in line with revenue. When do you see that leveling off or is it quasi variable with revenue? I think um, we're putting more people in sales, into marketing. Um, we're also now back doing events, which is really great. So um, we had, I think, over 750 people at an event in Orlando. Um, our partners, our preferred suppliers, our team all coming together and interacting. It was fantastic. And, and that, spending money in that way is a really good thing. That supports um, retention of our partners. It supports our community at Facilities Group, which is a really important part of the business. And so that you know is a good thing that that's been going up you know, for our organization i think um as claire sort of said earlier there's a point at which we scale the revenues um that the margins do get bigger because you can't possibly you know spend at the same rate as which you grow um the point at which that is i think we're not really sure um but i think it would is such the right thing for us to do now is to spend money on scaling because if we do, I think the rewards are really, uh, really uh, powerful. And so investment today is absolutely going into um, our teams, um, our sales and marketing teams, our partner success teams, and, uh, and also into our technology teams as well. So um, I think investing, spending money now is, is a really good thing. Um, and, and I appreciate that's kind of my sort of, um, you know, margins are still 50%, you know, so it's still an amazing number. Um, but if we can scale that, I think, uh, you know, the next two or three years of margins will be um, really special. And um, within Facilis, is the GMV being driven more by price or volume? There is more partners. So therefore, you know, that has a direct impact. But I do think our partners are doing better. I hope Facilis plays a part in that. You know, their relationship with their preferred suppliers plays a part in that too. Um, but they're good businesses that join Facilis. Good, you know, very professionally run, ambitious businesses. 
and we are there to help them grow. They're, you know, they're making the decisions, they're doing it at the end of the day. But but I'm absolutely sure that it is based upon their growth, not on the back of inflation, but their growth in terms of their own businesses growing better, attracting more customers. And so, um, you know, I hope we play a part in that. But uh, our partners are ambitious and bright, you know, um, you know, excellent business people. And, uh, you know, it's a, you know, we're thrilled to be helping on their journey. Thank you. And can you increase your share of transaction value in Syncor? I think, it, you know, we want to make sure it's a win-win situation for everybody. So, um, and, and retention is really high. So in terms of bringing, uh, helping up, if we help our partners grow, we think we should be able to share in that. So if their GMV grows, I think our fees growing in tandem with that, I think is, uh, is a good thing. And, uh, and that's in place. Um, bringing products like commercial to market is increasing the share of their spending technology. And I think that's a really good thing for us. And so I think that's how, you know, how our business model works today. And um, in terms of we help our customers grow and in turn, we grow with them. And if we can bring new products to market that help them sell, that help them become more efficient, again, that extends the share of wallet. And so our target of 50 million is based upon that premise as opposed to simply increasing their fees. And could you talk about the operational footprint of brand addition? For example, how many warehouses there are and where they're located and how did the consolidation of the European warehouse progress go in the period? When we talk about brand addition, I think it's, you know, we put a nice, you put a map of the world in, it's easy to put some pins on there, isn't it? And say, this is where we are everywhere. I think um, Brand Edition has got centers of excellence or offices of substance in three major regions in, uh, in, in Asia and in, uh, in Europe and in North America. And we have um, warehouses in each three of those regions. And so our warehouse in North America is in St. Louis, um, where our, our business is based there. Um, in, in Europe, we have two warehouses, uh, one in Germany and uh, one in the UK, and in Asia, a warehouse in, in Shanghai. So the way brand edition works is like offices of substance in all three of those regions. And so if one of our clients is, you know, big in one area, but has still smaller, but important um, parts of its business in the other regions, we can support them as well. Um, and, and I think the question was the consolidation of um, it. We, we put the majority of our warehousing now in Europe into Germany. And, uh, and that is all, I think we consolidated three warehouses um, into one. And um, we have, um, you know, one of our really experienced team members kind of has managed that process. And, um, and now orders have been received, orders are going out the door. And, um, and that business is working, you know, very smoothly between uh, Germany and, uh, and Manchester and working with kind of brand addition teams across Europe. Um, and in Facilis, EBITDA increased double digit, but operating profit declined double digit due to amortisation of capitalised R&D. Should we not be focusing on operating margins given the R&D spend required to drive GMV, etc.? Yeah, and I think, you know, we've been, I feel like we've been fairly transparent about that as, as we've been through this process. So we, you know, we've been really clear that for us to get to that 50 million um, that we need to, we need to invest in CapEx and, and which is what we've done. Um, and as we're releasing those products to market, then you, we can see the impact of that coming through. And that will have a short term impact on our operating profit returns whilst we grow the revenue line from those new products. So I think. 
yeah, we can, you know, we can look at that. I, don't, I hope it's not a surprise to anybody. We've, we've shared what our investments been, and you know, we've got a really clear three-year amortization policy, and and we're on on that journey, and and that's why, and that's what the impact on the operating profit margin has been. Yeah, and and I think the answer we should look at all the uh, main ratios and KPIs because it's all part of the story. So we've been um, trying to be and say that's definitely our aim to be really clear about the strategy, um, how we're looking to come to market and how we're looking to grow. And so um, it's really important for us, I think, that our words and our numbers sit together and you can kind of come on a journey with us. So um, investment has been made, but not not to drive GMV. You know, investment has been made um, to drive uh, new products coming into the market to 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 widen our addressable market and help scale the business. So um, so I think. Um, if you go through our materials, you kind of, you know, put the words and the numbers together. I think, it, it, you know, we shouldn't concentrate on any single line you know, in our numbers, particularly in this uh, this period where we're trying to you know, scale and grow. I think, uh, you know, from our KPIs on preferred partner numbers, customer numbers and GMV to top line growth and, um, you know, EBITDA growth and, and, and operating profit, it all plays a part in, in understanding the business that, that we're running and, and trying to grow. And do you have any other new product plans which might require significant investment? So, um, you know, we haven't sort of touched upon it um, in this set of results, but um, but our um, strategies are consistent with what we talked about last time. So we are kind of, as Commercio brings, as a product that we can bring into um, into that tail of 20,000 smaller distributors, we are looking to bring an order workflow product um, into those smaller distributors as well. And work is going on with that. But that isn't over and above what Claire's talked about in terms of the investment. That is part of the investment that's going in. It's just a little further down the road than Commercio. We wanted to concentrate on Commercio today. Um, but when we come to, uh, to speak in March, um, you know, we'll be bringing that sort of um, that orders to the smaller business, uh, that product um, you know, interview for everybody then. How are you reaching non-Syncore customers for Commercio? Yeah, so um, so the the North American market is huge. You know, to repeat, twenty plus billion of of, of sales, uh, twenty plus thousand distributors. Um, so it's very large, but in some ways it's quite small. So it's the same sort of um, you know industry trade bodies, industry service providers that are out there. We all go to the same shows, read the same websites and trade magazines. So you know, we do have a sales and marketing team that are really focused on uh, engaging, communicating with our audience. And, um, and Facilis Group has a, a, a great reputation, long-standing in the business. And so, uh, you know, we can go to that market in a slightly different way um, to what we're going for Syncor users. And, and we'll learn, I've got no doubt, and, um, uh, as we go. Um, but we believe it's an audience that we can understand, uh, we can find, and, uh, and hopefully communicate well with. And, and as I say, it's 22,000. doesn't take us too much market share. Um, to making some good inroads and uh, up that sort of scaling exercise that we're trying to do. Chris, do you have any closing remarks? Um, I think I only kind of take this opportunity every time to say, you know, um, results don't happen by accident. It's uh, an amazing group of people I've got the uh, pleasure of working with. Uh, you know, Claire's definitely amongst that, but um, but everyone else, uh, you know, out there too, across Facilis, Brand Edition, Pebble Group. Uh, so always a big thanks to them for, for their efforts and hard work. And, uh, you know, we'll... Um, We'll be here in six months' time and, uh, you know, to communicate, um, you know, our second half results and look forward to that. PI World videos and podcasts are for general information and interest. They do not constitute any kind of recommendation or inducement to buy shares of any company.
PI World is not offering any kind of financial advice and nothing in our material should be taken as such.